Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Welcome back into another edition of The Kickabout here on The Blue Room. I'm your host, Rob Vera. Joined this week by my lovely OG crew of Les Roberts and Kate Riley-James. Kate spelled K-E-I-G-H-T. You know, it's funny, Kate, because I know that like that's not your given Christian name or whatever we, we would normally refer to it as. But um, I, I see that you have now, ch- you said you've changed all your social media usernames mm-hmm. to this. I, I've got to say, before you get into the story behind this, which I definitely, I'm looking forward to this. Um <laughs> I've got to say that this is the sort of weird naming bit that a lot of American parents here do now where mm-hmm. they want to, if they don't want to name their kids something weird, they're going to name them something conventional sounding that has just a bizarre spelling. So, yeah, yeah. And it's alphabet. I apparently, there was this woman, I read about this recently, there was this woman who decided that they wanted to name their kid Caitlin. But they wanted it to be unique, so they named the kid. The, the spelling of the name is K V I I I Twin Roman numeral eight. <laughs> Roman numeral eight V I I I. Like you know, as I I I don't normally advocate for people to be you know executed without trial or whatever, (laughs) but I find these people absolutely repugnant. But I'm not accusing you of that, Kate, because there's a funny bit behind your your little social media name handle change, but (laughs) go ahead, Les. Yeah. (laughs) For the the entire, that that kid's entire life, it's got to be Yemi named Caitlin with a V. What? Which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And you'll never find a cool hairband with a name on it. No. Or, or anything in a service station in the UK. No, ever. I I always had that problem. Funnily enough, Aww. on those little name plates you get, like theme parks and stuff. Yeah. Wait. What was your pro- what was the problem? They they I could never find. I could never find a little name place with Leslie. Mm. With and Leslie. So every time I started a new class, and they'd read out on the register Leslie Roberts, and I'd put my hand up. The teacher would go, "Oh, I was expecting a girl." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but in fairness, it seems like you it does seem like over there there are a lot of like a lot of Ashleys uh that are men. Yeah. A lot of well, there's Leslie, obviously. I don't know. You're you're such a man though, Les. I don't know how anyone can even mistake it, but uh, you got the beard going on then as well. You know what I mean? Well, I yeah. didn't really grow this until 40, so <laughs> it's only just it up now. I'm just now imagining like a little eight year old Les Roberts, Leslie Roberts with a with a, somehow with a beard, you know. Just, <laughs> you're like, yeah, Rob, that's so, that's super common over here. All boys have beards yeah. at age eight over in over in England. So all right, Kate. So okay, so you brought this up. Okay, I I only just now found out about your, you know, name handle change bit, which 
is funny in its own way. But like, if you're gonna, if your name's Kate, and the I, I, I I'm not. I don't want to, you know. I don't want to ruin this for you, but I know several Kates on my social media that use some variation of like K and the number eight or something yeah. like that. Because, you know, if your name is Kate, you're going to do funny bits with it. That's totally fine. So yours, though, sprung from a very particular story that you were oh, telling yeah. us a couple of days ago that I said, I don't want to talk about this any further until we get on kick about, which... By the way, for those of you listening, I want you to know that my friendship with Les and Kate is such that I really try to restrict any sort of interesting conversation. I don't want to talk to them about <laughs> interesting, meaningful things privately when we could record it. And you, because everything is content, guys. Everything is content. Everything. So. So, Kate, give us the background. The, the, give us the give us the scenario, yeah, which I think will involve you having to actually talk about your dating life a little bit. And mm -hmm. I know that for some of the men listening to this, um, Kate's been very, you know, she's been kind of, I guess I'd use the word dodgy about, you know, being upfront about who she is or is not dating. Cause I think she <laughs> likes to give off. She likes to give off the air of availability, if you will. Um, which fair, fair play, Kate. Fair play. Uh, you're you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying not to, uh, you know, narrow your audience artificially. No. Let them, let these men, let these creepy dudes on social media think that you are whatever. But in order to tell the story, you may have to explain a little bit about your current uh, relationship well. situation. So, so go for it. All right. So, I'll just go jump straight in the deep end. Boyfriend of two years uh, decided to. So we were watching um, a program that's quite um, quite popular in the UK called First Dates, right? And this is right up your street because you love like proper trashy. What's that sh dumbass program you told me to watch? Oh, on Netflix. Uh, the, well, there was the Circle, but there's Love. Uh, Love is blind. Love is blind. Love wow. is blind, which is just it's yeah. so genius in its terrible <laughs> awesomeness that I. I love a good concept. I, well, I, I am not above. Look, look Mad Men is like Mad Men's my favorite show ever. Okay. Mm. But you know what? I, a man cannot exist on, you know, a, a fine, uh, a fine, uh, fine dining, you know, steak and lobster alone. He must also go to McDonald's uh, oh. every, every once in a while as well. Oh, so yeah. anyway, honestly, Love Island is like so up your street. So, I need to, so I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to say this really quickly before you continue i've heard so much about love island just through my twitter feed at this point that i feel like i need to watch it and we can do a kick about where i describe to you all what my impressions of you love will love it and and i'm gonna watch the uk version of love island i don't want to watch the americanized version of it yeah the uk uh, love island is available over here so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it at some point anyway i digress go ahead so anyway, it falls into the same category. So it's essentially people who have filled out some forms. They've been matched up by some researchers and then they meet at St. Paul's Cathedral. That's where it's filmed just behind in a restaurant behind St. Paul's Cathedral. And their first date is filmed. And some of it's horrendously awkward. Some of it's hilarious. The staff who all work there are all fit. I think that's a criteria to work there. Um, and some of it is is actually... Uh, quite emotional in that there are people who've been widowed maybe who are still quite young in life etc and it, it's it's a compelling view and it's really 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 good fun anyway occasionally you'll get a couple of younger people um who uh are just absolutely mad as a box of frogs so anyway we we're watching this the other night and there was this this girl on it she'd absolutely tanked the ale quite early on and um uh, he mentioned something along the lines of, "Well, you know, you, you can't be you can't be fit and of sound mind." So, really? so this opened this whole conversation about um, the fact that there's a I'm, YouTube video. I'm that distancing went, from these comments <laughs> so right? that went viral ages ago, where there's this guy who explains that there is a crazy hot axis of women. Right, and that that all women fit into it. So there's also a guy's one as well, which is about how much money he makes and how hot he is. <laughs> so it evens out. I'd go for how tall he is, to be fair, but still. And um, 
so this popped up and, and he, he picked up his phone and he found it on YouTube and he gave me the phone to watch it. And I sat there trying to not laugh because it is actually quite funny. You've got to take it in the context it's meant, um, you know, waving the feminism flag. And um, and then we went back to watching First Dates, simple as that. So lying in bed a little bit later on, I was like, oh, so where do I fit in the equation then? <laughs> and he said, I am a solid eight. I mean, like, not even on the crazy scale. I'm only a six on the crazy scale with a bit of allowance for fluctuation, which is fine. I would wear that on a T-shirt. But eight, I mean... So you're an eight, you're an eight. Okay, so to break this down for me, you are an... Is he saying you're a solid eight in terms of hotness? Or is he saying... On the hot axis, I'm only a six on the crazy. Okay, is this on a scale of one to ten? Yeah. 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 No. Because it's had a brew. You could probably get away with a nine if you'd had a beer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't begin to describe so funny, how poor his calculus was in a engaging you on the subject at all. Um, because one, first of all, I blame you, Kate, obviously for some of this, because did you really need to ask him? No. You guys had shared a light moment about <laughs> uh, trash reality television. And then you're like, you know, I'm going to make this a litmus test of uh, this guy. Uh, and then you put him in that position. Now, having said that, that your idiot, yep. boyf- your idiot boyfriend should have absolutely, absolutely said, oh, you're a 10. Easily you're a 10. And just, you don't. It doesn't matter if you believe that he is telling the truth at that point. At that point, it is all about the fact that he is, he needs to just say, sometimes you just have to say the right thing. Am it's I, just lip I, service. Of course yeah, it is. Just lie to me. Like, just, I well, essentially, I may as well have just gone, hey, do you want, just lie to me for a sec? Awesome. I mean, right then I wasn't a 10. I was knackered. Yeah. I hadn't even brushed my hair. She went to bed. Yeah. So, you know. It was. I thought it was hysterical, but because I'm ridiculously petty, um, I've carried it on. This was like three days ago now, so I've changed my name to Kate, K-E-I-G-H-T, on all of my platforms. <laughs> well, you haven't broken up with him, I suppose. I guess Not that's... <laughs> but I have a feeling that... Open? Oh, yes. Are you DMs still open? Yeah, see if your DMs are open and see if there are anyone listening who's like, I think you're a 10 and see if uh, you you get any better offers at that point. This is is the problem. I've set myself up now. They bloody won't. How funny. See, and the funny thing about this, Les, is that whenever, if Kate ever breaks up with this guy... This is going to be used in the uh, used in the charges against him in court. There's no question. <laughs> <In> the blog <laughs> post. Yeah, this will be this will be in the detailed articles of separation that that are uh, there. Yeah, you just don't. I I, I find uh, Les that it's not in in. in not to be cliche stand-up comedy guy, you know, who does the observational men are like this and women are like this. But I have found uh, as someone who's now been married just long enough to be smug and know it all about it that um, <laughs> I, I believe that you just that, that I adhere to one basic rule all the time, which is that uh, publicly. Uh, especially publicly, we can deal with things privately, but publicly, I am always on my wife's side, no matter what crazy shit she says. And uh, if I'm confronted with a question about how she looks, or if she, even if she criticizes how she looks, I don't need to offer any opinion on her analysis of herself either, you know, other than to say, I think you're beautiful and that's it. Uh, yeah, you just, I don't know what, what your boyfriend. Like your boyfriend, see, here's the problem is, Kate, I'm going to come over there and if you're still with this dude, I'm going to meet him. And the first thing I'm going to think about is the fact that he, that all I know about him is that he said that you were an eight out of 10. (laughs) I spoke to him the following day. He always rings me on the way back from work, right? And and he hadn't called me at whatever time it usually is. I don't know, like mid-afternoon or whatever. So I texted him and was like, is if you haven't called me on the way home from work, absolute top shit housery. So then obviously he rang me straight away. <laughs> and he's like, I haven't, I hadn't even finished work. I'm just on my way now. And I was like, you said I was an eight, and I was genuinely shouting at him, "Tell me, I'm beautiful. Tell me." So he's laughing his head off in the car. I was like, "Don't say it sarcastically. Tell me, say it like you mean it." And then Cleo is literally my young, my youngest daughter has literally just said to me about an hour ago, "Were you fighting with David?" I was like, "No, why?" She went, "Why were you shouting? Tell me, I'm beautiful." So I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> Counter slight, slight counterpoint in his favor. 
Um, how often, you know, given that he um, works in football, <laughs> correct? Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's sort of like when we're all, uh, you know, we're all crucifying poor Adam Jones when he comes out with oh. his post-match ratings that like an eight oftentimes is your man of the match. So maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe an eight is... Maybe an eight is essentially a 10 because 10 is unattainable. There is no 10. 10 is, uh, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, Calvert-Lewin could have a hat trick. Like, like, or think about Naismith's, remember Naismith's perfect hat trick against Chelsea, you know, like mm-hmm. left foot, right foot, head. Mm-hmm. Did, did, I, I need to go back and look. Did anyone give him a 10 or is he still just like a nine? Like no probably, one can give Adam anyone a 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to six. <laughs> yeah. I don't Listen, know. if he comes home and starts asking me to wear a GPS while I run around the kitchen, right? That game over. That's what I've got to do to be a 10. Then that, he's asking too much. Sorry. It's a very good point, though. It's got to be taken in context. <laughs> in, in, his, in his world, a 10 is not achievable. Wow. Yeah. He doesn't even look wow. at DCL and think you're a 10. Do you know what I mean? I do. So, Kate, if it, if it makes you feel any better, you're, you're absolutely. Um, you're absolutely would be uh, an American nine with that accent. Oh, what? So, See, this is I why mean, I'm here. Yeah. Now, granted, <laughs> the Wirral, I didn't. On the Wirral, I'm off the scale. I didn't call you a ten. You're four over this like, Yeah. See. Oh. See. Like I'm an American six and a half, maybe. But I am a. I definitely think in, in Liverpool, I might be a solid seven and a half. Oh, you'd pull on Matthew Street, Rob. No, Mate. no. Oh, I'm tall. I've got a great voice. I'm not. I am bald. Yes, but I. I, I have. I have. I'm. I'm funny. So I've got you're, something. You're at least a nine, and that's just off all the lads you get out with. I'm telling you, the, the problem. The, but that's the problem. You. Yeah, see, that's the problem, Les, is that that uh, I, I've got much more sexual magnetism to all the dudes I hang out with over in Liverpool than any oh any God. actual women. There's Rob no question. And Les, with Les's dress sense, your height and accent. Oh my Lord, can't let you two loose in Liverpool. Oh well. Anyway, the, the whole scale of one to ten thing is is dangerous territory um, when you're actually in a relationship and someone asks you, "Well, what am I?" Like, first of all, don't ever ask that question if you don't. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know why you would ask that question because you're putting that other person in the position to what if they're honest, you may not believe them. If they're dishonest, you're mad at them for being dishonest. Like there's just no it's a no win sort of question. There are, and there are no winners. It, it's like yeah. it's like the people who sort of introduce themselves and go, how old do you think I am? <laughs> Somebody answer that question. I mean, I think once you get once you get sort of past 30, you kind of just become the sort of indeterminate age anyway. Yeah. And it's like older than me. Yeah, you could be be (laughs) any age within about a 15 year period. Yeah, I had a mate all the time. And then he would actually go, How old do you reckon he is about me? He's like, Why are you bringing me into your horrible game? (laughs) (laughs) Why are we so obsessed with numbers? Yeah. I, that's a good question. I I'm not. I've done that, Les, where I've asked someone, "Do I do I?" You know, because so I'm 40, and I'm sure I know I've asked people, "Like, do I actually look this?" Uh, you know, and who knows why? What what why I was asking that question? There's no good answer to that. Um, no, I don't look younger than my age. If I if if someone says I look my age, I'm fine with that. I guess I'd be more worried if I was like, I, I have had people be like, uh, when I was. Like in my early thirties, uh, tell I told them how old I was, and they're like, "Oh, I thought you were already like forty, dude." I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck, Cheers. dude. God, yes. I mean, but at the same time, uh, you just like you said, Kate, it's just a number. All right, it is. numbers. Numbers are exact, and yet they are more arbitrarily used than uh, you know anything else. Because let's be honest, where it, whether it's uh, determining ratings for you know <laughs> the post match or. Your significant other telling you that you're an eight and thinking that he's saying something really complimentary. Uh, numbers are a dangerous are a dangerous game. So, lesson learned. Anyway, I'm gonna pause here for just a second, and I paused right then just so that if I'm editing this episode afterwards, I can take out the part that the parts that I decide you know I'm get in trouble for <laughs> later. I'm not totally sure. I haven't decided, but. If you're hearing this now, I may have edited something out, but just know we had a really good conversation about awesome. about rating uh, scale and stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so speaking of um, speaking of 
Speaking of Everton, um, I... <laughs> Uh, so it's an interesting weekend coming up. I'm, for me, uh, I was telling Les this, I'm doing mailbag tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is my birthday, so I'm going to be doing no mailbag way. on my birthday. I know, it's pretty exciting. And I'm so thrilled that despite this deluge of games that they're trying to squeeze into every possible time slot, that the Derby is on Sunday and not going to ruin my birthday tomorrow. Um, but I did either of you guys watch any of the games, either of the games yesterday? I, I, I watched, I, I, I could not believe that that boar fest between Sheffield and, and, and the, uh, God, I've already forgotten because I fell Villa. asleep. Who were they? Villa. Villa. Oh my God, I can't believe like that was their that was their project restart for like you right there. Game, yeah. God, that was that was awful. And then in a weird way, watching City just kind of just play around with their play around with Arsenal like a cat plays around with a mouse before it just bites its head off was in in, in its own <laughs> way not very exciting either. And I'm I. <sighs> Yeah, I had the the TV feed with the fake crowd noise, and it wasn't as good as Germany's, where I felt like whoever was running the Bundesliga games that I saw was doing a really good job of having like eight different sound effects for all these different kind of nuanced situations in the game, whereas what I watched, and I don't know about you guys, it just sounded like... Yeah, the whole it was time. a bit nondescript, wasn't it? Just kind of like... It's kind of like the sound of if you were walking by good... If you were like five blocks from Goodison and you could just sort of hear the den from far away and you don't really know what's going on. Like, that's what it sounded like. And it like, like, all right. Like the crowd noise on international superstar stocker on the snares. Just the cop. <laughs> there you go. Attic noise. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the thing, dude, is I was thinking, God, video, like modern video games get this better, get this more right than what we just heard. So maybe it'll, maybe it'll be better uh, by Sunday. Maybe they'll have tweaked it a little bit. But between that and the fact that they, they apparently can't, couldn't see that the goalkeeper who did everything but actually bury that ball underneath the goal itself, uh, that that wasn't a good goal. I was just like, like this, the technology, uh, in this apparently billion dollar industry, Industry of a sport. It just continues to be embarrassing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, did, you, did either of you guys watch the games? Did did you, did it hold any interest to you at all? Did was it nice to have it back? Go on, Laz. I just gotta say my dodgy streams weren't working. Uh, apparently, the problem with the VPN. So I need to get a dodgy VPN so I can watch my dodgy streams. Um, so oh, probably- just pay five ninety nine and get a now TV sport pack. I thought they were giving all those games to you guys. I thought they no. were televising all the games for free because of the pandemic or whatever. No, uh, some of them are. Of them. Some of them. Evans next two are, aren't they? So. Oh, are they? Well, Norwich is after Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you have to pay for the. Are you guys having uh, to pay for the derby? Or no, we get humiliated okay. on normal telly on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's all good. And it's actually Father's Day on Sunday as well. So uh, yes, yes, it is. Yes, room Father's Day. Um, yeah, excellent. Doing, um, I think my dad doesn't know anything about Everton. <laughs> I was doing the weekly with uh, Dave and Matt yesterday. I'm on. A, I'm on a three pod run this week. Check you out. I'm out the weekly this and a mailbag tomorrow. That's some. Wow. People really don't need to. Um, this is in high demand. Whereas what what they've done for me is they've given me this show so that they don't ever have to ask me to join any of the other pods ever again. <laughs> so, uh, which is why I really appreciate you inviting me on a mailbag list. But <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good rotation on that. So I'll be back soon. Um, yeah, I was right. doing that with Matt, and I think Dave had it on the telly, and mine wasn't working, and you could just see Dave's disinterest in the whole thing. Probably as he was talking to us, he was disinterested in that. He was disinterested in the game. He just had an aura of disinterestedness about him. And it, it kind of like, yeah, it just didn't grab me attention at all. I think come Sunday, I'll be more interested mm-hmm. purely because it's Everton. And as much as uh, I want to say, I'm not watching it, I'm not bothered, I will be come Sunday. I'm sure. Definitely be invested yeah, in it. Um, I live in, in part of the city um, that's, that's like really red heavy. Um, and um, I've already shared some pictures in our, our WhatsApp group and stuff of what like you know little pop up shops and stuff are doing in terms of selling the full team full size cardboard cutouts, um, the bunting, the flags, you know all about you know league winners, all the rest of it. Um, half of my street 
has has got involved as well. So I, I listened to or, or kind of you know watched some updates and stuff of what was going on with the Man City game yesterday, just because if it just denying them that little bit of satisfaction on Sunday was all I needed, just mm-hmm. to laugh at my neighbours. And I've got there's one neighbour in my street who's got the full Everton crest and like um, on like an iron gate on their back on their back um, like the back gate basically for the garden. I'm like, oh, okay, if it all kicks off, I've got one ally in the street. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was I was more interested one because if Pep's happy, I'm happy. Um, and you know, like I said, it's just that little bit. I'm not like I'm not bitter in the slightest, but it, it was just that little bit of something to claw back for Sunday. We all yeah, are to some so- degree. Well, yeah. yeah, you can't it's, take it's a this one and say I am. <laughs> when, when you when you've got them as your rival team, it's absolutely impossible not to be because they are not better, and that's just a fact. So, shout. Yeah, it's well. Side note, by the way, Pep is my bald fashion icon. Um, he's a he lo- he looks like he smells fantastic too. By the way, I just I just just sense that about him. Funnily you know? enough, and I, just. Just on Pep, I was watching um, BBC was showing uh, Euro 2000 replay between mm. France and Spain, and Pep definitely looks better bald. Yeah, yeah. some some men are just made for it. Where, now, where I've it's, seen, uh, I've David, seen a picture of you, Rob, in your 20s, oh, yeah. and you can carry both off. Twenties <laughs> <laughs> well, or forties, Rob? Any old. Like uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace, uh, Rob's <laughs> luscious locks from from the olden days. But um, no, I I think that um, I think that I I'm sure that I've done the thing where I'm kind of like a, like a lot of people, sort of indifferent. But I'm not totally in, like I'm like you, Les. I'm not totally indifferent. I know that. <laughs> And that's that's why I hate. I think that's why everyone hates Everton so much because we know that we're going to lose on Sunday, but yet we know we're we're going to have to watch it. And and it's it's like being it's like it's like being forced to to watch it. It feels like one of those movie like those old movies where uh, you know the, the the sick dog is dying out in the country, and the the, the dad <laughs> makes the son execute his own dog you know with a gun or something like that because you know he's got to learn about life and death like i feel like that's what every derby is like but um you know i i i Why think has I watching think, the derby turned into some kind of alternative of mice and men here I, I, <laughs> look it, it's hard to come it's hard to come up twice a year with new tragic <laughs> metaphors for what that experience is. But um, no, I, you know, I think that most of the drama is going to be like, it'll feel good to get back to our normal rhythm as a collective community. Like when the 11 gets uh, the starting 11 gets released an hour before kickoff and we're all angry. Like, I can't wait to be yeah. angry again about, about how, cause look, I'm just going to, I'm going to predict it right now. Guilty Secretson's going to start like at left wing or something and just piss everybody off or start on the right or something like that. And, you know, while Anthony Gordon somehow just doesn't even make the bench, even though there's like nine substitutes or something like that. Like, I, I'm kidding. He will. But I'm but it's just like it's stuff like that. It doesn't matter. It just, you know, and I haven't said all of that. I, I will say that if I do hold out any hope for this game on Sunday and I don't know how you guys feel about this is that. When you, you know, you guys, talk, we talk about them being our rival, though it, it doesn't feel like it's a rivalry if you never win, uh, <laughs> even a little bit. But I, I would say that it, it but because it's, let's just say it's uh, our mortal enemy on some level, that when you've lost this much and the other team is clearly better, I mean, they're just better, a lot better than we are, um, you have to almost find these like left field scenarios where we could win, right? Because God knows we have found weird left field scenarios to lose these games. Like we found, or to drop points, <laughs> or to, you know, like the, the, the Pickford, you know, game a couple years. Like there's always some crazy way in which we give it up. So conversely, I think that there is a 1% chance of some weird, weird event that could somehow result in us winning. Uh, it would be best though. I would think the most satisfactory kind of win for us would be on a, would be like us scoring a late stoppage time winner 
um, where we clearly handled the ball, where the ball didn't get over the line, <laughs> and yet they gave us the goal anyway. Yeah. Like, I want it to be something where they are just so angry about feeling yep. unjust. I'm like, I want you to live in our world for just a few minutes. <laughs> just, just, just find a way, like, you know, like, now that'll, that, you know... God hates Everton, as I as I'm going to be. By the way, trademarking that that expression and putting it on T-shirts uh, here pretty soon. But um, having said that, I do think, and I wanted to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Um, does the specifics of this scenario, which is this unprecedented break in, like it almost feels like a new season, but it's not because it's like it's it's a this unprecedented long break. Uh, the rhythm of these teams ha- obviously has been interrupted. Uh, what now didn't appear to bother City too much just because Arsenal's terrible. But, yeah, we're terrible too. So maybe this happens to us and we just lose comfortably 4-0. But, but what, if, what if the rhythm that that high-pressing heavy metal – God, if I ever hear heavy metal football ever again. Like, what, but what if, what if the rhythm of that has been interrupted by this stoppage? What if – it takes just some, you know, that confluence of, of them being out of rhythm and us just having the wind blow the right direction. Like, is there a route for us to win? Like, it seems an absurd question on its face because in theory, when you talk about sports, yes, there's always a possibility that, quote, anything can happen. But we know that anything can happen applies to everyone else but us generally but i'm going to allow for it this time i'm going to say anything can happen in a weirdo scenario like this i'm there is a chance that we can win this game uh, as small as it may be but uh what do you guys think do you think there's any weird what's your weird scenario for us winning this oh god i don't even know where I to start i just i always thought right when var came in i was convinced that the way we'd lose the derby was that we'd score a goal one end, right. and it will get pulled back for a penalty down the other end. So we'd go from a 1-0 win in the 90th minute to losing 1-0 to a penalty. Oh. I want to flip that on its head. I want to say Liverpool are going into this on the back of two defeats, was it? In the two games? Yeah. To the, uh, they lost they got the, against Watford and Watford. Atletico. And Atletico, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that, going, was a, at, that was at Anfield too, yeah. Yeah. They're going in in bad form. I know we lost against Chelsea. They're going in in really bad form. Um, so yeah, I'm going to flip that on its head, and, and I'm going to say that's what happens. They they go up one end and score. Remarkably, VAR then pulls it back for a penalty to us. We win in the last, and no one's there to see it or celebrate it. Right, thank God. No, is that all dependent on? Is that dependent on VAR actually working? Yes. Or wow, or not wow. working in our case? Well, yeah, it can't be working properly to get a decision on the back of it, can it? Someone put a thread up on Twitter today actually on decisions that have gone, like blatant decisions that have gone against us this season. And it's it's about a 10th thread tweet. There's so oh, many. It's... From Brighton to Tottenham, uh, Man Brighton United, game. loads. So yeah. Yeah, the United oh, game. Oh, Lord. It's going to be some sort of bizarro Premier League and we're going to get the luck this time. Oh, can we just, we'll just go, literally go all in in the 90th minute and Pickford scores. Go on. Go on, lads. Get up there. Pickford takes the penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. I love it. Who would you get most satisfaction out of scoring the winner for us? Andy Robertson. Like for me, it would be, well, ooh, good, good. I was thinking like he's not going to play this week, but like it would have been, it still would be Yari Mina for me because I want to see the dance uh, oh, after yeah. after he wins it for us. Just the smiles and the, the yeah, it would just be awesome. But no, yeah, I wonder if they'll dance. Will they dance if there's no, yeah, surely they'll dance even though it's uh, as long as they're socially distancing while dancing. Yeah. I guess it's okay. I think but, Richarlison deserves it as well though. Even if it's just one nail, sure. just if he's got, because his English has come on so much to the point where he's singing his own chants now on his Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> and just shout have it lads or something with a proper scouse twang amazing yeah i think it doesn't it I, I feel like when we eventually win one of these games <laughs> long after i mean long after i'm dead probably but let's just say we do the most everton thing to me would be to les's point uh own goal off the ass of some of of another of the opposing team or a player that we that that we all kind of hate like 
I I think that for me, there was a time where I feared that the guy who was going to break the streak was going to be like James McCarthy, who I loathe. Um, or um, like, and he's not healthy for this. He's not fit for this game either. But like if Trink Tosin scored the, the game winner, there's a certain segment of far of far left uh, Everton Twitter that would just go ape, ape ass over that. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Like there's so many like or Cuco Martina coming in as like a fifth sub when uh, when Seamus Coleman gets injured or, you no, know, just some crazy. That. Don't say just, that. Well, look, we're, we're proposing all kinds. Look, we're, we're talking about an alternate universe. No more okay? injuries. <laughs> I do think, though, that what's nice, though, the, I think the nicest thing about knowing they can't win on Sunday, can't win the title on Sunday at Goodison, is that I don't have to ask the question of whether or not Seamus Coleman went to their dressing room to congratulate them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, for me, that's the thing. That's the question I don't want to have to deal with. Though I was ready to, I was ready to make that joke <laughs> hardcore on Sunday. It was uh, worth the risk of coronavirus just to make sure he, that they knew, you know, that he was like, "Oh, you smashed it." Do you know what I mean? You're so deserving of it. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, cheers. It'll, it'll be good luck next week, lads. <laughs> God, I just can't. Amazing. I just can't, man. I don't know. Um, well, yeah. Look, I. <laughs> That's the other thing. We talked about this months ago, but if Everton were to win on Sunday, and again, like this is a this is a weird podcast to talk about weird, you know, unlikely impossible things, but let's say we did on Sunday. To me, it would really bring to bring even further to the forefront the question of whether or not we ever should have fans in Goodison ever again. Whether or not fans being in Goodison is nothing but a net negative for this thing. If we, if we let's, if we start, if we beat, if we win this game, let's say we go on some home streak in front of an empty stadium where we just we're just dominating. Let's just say we, let's just say that had happened. That would be. I cannot only imagine the just the joke series that would prop up from oh, you know yeah. about how we should never have fans at the game again. You know, I think the thing uh, is, wait, I, it was us that was the problem. We've <laughs> always, if, in fairness, we've always been the problem. I mean, let's you know, <laughs> I, I acknowledge so, that. Are so neurotic and superstitious. Anyway, do you think they all are? I think they've all got like superstitious, Sorry. superstitious quirks. I've got. I just think football fans in general, or anyone who's ever played football, like you'll put like one sock on before the other sock when you get dressed to, to go and play football. What happens if you just randomly forget? Does that mean you can't go to the game because you've jinxed it? No, well, like like when I used to play football, I would always put me me left sock on before my right one, and if it didn't, and it went out, and I realised, like, oh my god, I'm gonna have the worst game of my life. Like. <laughs> I think that afflicts quite a lot of like people who play football and football fans. You know, they have to like match day rituals. So I think, yeah, yeah. If the club seriously came along and said, "Do you know what? You lot, you're the problem." So if you just not come in future, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> it pretty. It's the excuse I've been looking for for years not to go. To be honest, so amazing. Official email <laughs> from Denise Barrett Baxendale. Dear fans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dear all this. <laughs> Dear fans, we've had a good run, but really, <laughs> in this age of both coronavirus Amazing. and uncertainty, all we do know is that Everton are are on a ten match unbeaten streak without you. So we're gonna not mess with this for a while, you know. Like I yeah. see, that's the funny thing, Les, is you bring up uh, fan superstitions. Um, that's definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing here. Um, I've been unable to do that with Everton mainly because it doesn't ever seem like anything that I do superstition wise has <laughs> any impact on that. Because Everton are like some people have those superstitions with the idea that, all right, something good has happened. I wore this, did this, whatever. I want to keep it going. Conversely, there's also the streak breaker, which is the idea of I'm going to do this to break the streak. The thing with Everton is that as much as we complain, and it's true, that we don't win, we just can't have a hard time ever building momentum, especially the last few years. And that's what cost Silva's job ultimately is that we couldn't string more than two performances together hardly ever, right? It was... It was win one, draw, lose, lose, win, draw, you know, like no momentum, right? 
But also, conversely, I would say Everton don't generally, at least, you know, maybe at the end of Martinez. I'm not, I can't really recall. But we couldn't, we don't really go into these like um, prolonged uh, relegate, like as bad as we thought we were getting form into before Allardyce came in with relegation form in early season. We weren't losing 10 in a row or anything like that, you know? Uh, we, we, so I, I, I so I don't know that super like as much as I'd love to have a super. I've I've not been able to identify a superstitious activity as a fan that has affected the needle one way or the other. Yeah, I just know. I just know that when we lose, it's gonna hurt, <laughs> and it's gonna hurt bad <laughs> because it's the consistent. way we the yeah. way we that that is the consistent thing. The way we lose games. We we win boring for the most part. Out bar bar that Watford game, which was the most entertained I've been in ages when we won that last second winner with where Walcott got the winner. But generally speaking, we win like a, a boring one nil game or a two one or what you know like a where we just kind of squeeze it out to the end. And it's you know it's kind of fair to spare Premier League win. But when we lose, guys, it's like it is like the Shakespeare poetry of losing. It is the it is the it is all of the emotions and it is all of how the curse talk comes up. But um, I, I I would love to think, but but I would give anything for a boring win over them. I would give anything oh, for oh, yeah. I would give anything for for just any kind of win. I don't even care if it, if we cheated. I don't care if. If the refs, I don't care if the refs messed it up. I don't care. I mean, I, I just, I want, and this, this becomes my next question because I don't think this is ever asked. So I want to ask this question and I want you guys to really think about this because you haven't ever, you haven't really thought about it, admit it in years. If we won on Sunday, what would you do? <gasps> How would it feel? Just just imagine for a minute, like, it's, you know, I was, I think I was, what, 11 when they last won a game? <laughs> like, I don't even remember. Like, I'm, I, I joke because I know we won in the early 2000s. So I, you know, but I just can't, it, it's so long that I don't even remember anymore. Like I know, Lee, I remember Lee Carsley game. I remember didn't Andy Johnson was playing for us and we beat them at Goodison. I think like three nil. That was those were great. But the fact that I can remember those two and even those feel like distant YouTube memories uh, that that someone <laughs> told me is true, but I'm not sure I recall it. So so I want to ask you guys this. I want you to really put yourself there emotionally, Kate. If if we won on Sunday, mm. how would what would you do? How would you react? What, what do you think? I'm just, I was trying to remember whether I had, I've been working on this mad art installation for the last four weeks and I think I've still got some blue paint left. So given that this street, my street, all 141 <laughs> houses in it is pretty much decked out in red and white by me and the neighbour across the road. I don't know. I might have to bring back in the, uh, the like the clap for the heroes at eight o'clock. Even though <laughs> they'll actually be playing at that point. But <laughs> um Oh, in fact, no, what am I saying? It's quarter past eight kickoff, isn't it? Or seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Yeah, it's a... Oh, it's seven, yeah, okay, it's cool. A well, seven o'clock. You know, a couple of goals in first half will do. Um, uh, first, what I'll have to put it on Instagram because then it will be an Instagram story forever, which I can keep in the archive and remember mm. what it felt like instead of having to refer to Uh-oh. YouTube and other people tell me. Um, yeah. But it'll probably be similar to, to Super Sunday or whatever it was last year when, when everything went off. It was um, the cricket went off, the Formula One went off, footy and all the rest of it um, and just danced around the kitchen and got shit-faced. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be hugging strangers. Uh, I would be, and I'm just dude who lives in Oklahoma of all places. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine what it would be like to be there when we act. Now, I will say this: How sweet would it have been if they could win the title on Sunday and we won? And we, oh, that would be see, better. See, yeah. it's like that was like being <laughs> devil's advocate, wasn't it? You see, that was the the bit of you that was torn watching that Man City game last night, where you're like, oh. God. I would not have been able to handle the pressure of that. <laughs> It's like I, re- I wouldn't have been able to take that much pressure on the game. Les, you're you're a responsible adult. You're a parent, whatever. But but tell me, if we won on Sunday, wh- how what would you do? I mean, I, once you got off Twitter and did the victory <laughs> lap there, like everyone would do, like what? Like I don't even. I think the reason I asked this question is because it feels like such an alien concept. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like asking. Um, 
what would you do if you were an alligator for a day? You know what I mean? Like, it's so <laughs> absurd. To, I can't even, con- I can't, it's hard to conceive of what I would do if we won this game because n- nothing has ever felt more elusive. You know, like I've watched us go to Old Trafford and win. Like I've seen, I've seen things that I thought that are really rare, but somehow this has almost taken on this like mythical th- status of, 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 and that's part of the problem, isn't it, Les? Like, that's part of the problem is that we can't even imagine it. Like, buried underneath all the layers of cynicism about the curse and all that, we've actually, the biggest problem that we as a fan base have, and I think it permeates to the club and the players, uh, you know, I, I like to think maybe that it'll just break one day, but I think that it's just a complete lack of conceivability of it even happening. <laughs> yeah. I think so, so what would you do, Les? What would I, you do? I think... I think the kids' worst fears could be realised. We'd win. I'd say, I'm just going up the shop, and he'd never see me again. <laughs> would be it. I would, I, would just, I would just disappear on a lifetime bender because we've won. Yeah. See me again. We'll just start checking, seeing your face on like milk cartons and that. Yeah, checking the watch for eternity. Like he'd be back soon. He's only gone to the shop. He'd be back soon. Just yeah. doing laps of the Wirral on, on your own. I'm found living on the bridge. It's full Evan kit. You know what? I would totally go full kit wanker and just start running around my streets drenched in whiskey and just, I don't know. Like, I think that I would, I would lash out in a very cool way of buying something irresponsible. Uh, like for instance, when I, before I got married, my, my friends bought me this, uh, really nice, like Glenlivet 21 year old scotch that was way too expensive, but it was, you know, I'm getting married, right? Which, you know, in theory, I'm only going to do the one time. We'll knock on wood until she listens to this podcast. But, um, I think that I would go buy some ridiculously expensive bottle of something and even though you normally treat that kind of bottle of something with very tender care, I would just start pouring it all over my body <laughs> and I would be filming it and I would be Go like, on. they'd probably have to call the police and I would be like, officer, it is an honor to be arrested for disorderly <laughs> conduct today because you don't know what just happened over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally high five. You listen, never mind us three, although you've just touched on it there. Videos of all of this or it never happened. But what's Ryan Reynolds going to do when we get a video of him and the WhatsApp oh. group in the middle of the night from Melbourne when he's had to get up to watch the game? Wow. Oh. Now, clarify. Like, we'll be later yeah. on, won't it? Be mid-afternoon, yeah. maybe. Mm, well, he, he, for those... he tweeted the other day and said, for an Aussie toffee, these fixtures are brilliant because they're all developing to the evening, haven't they? Of course, Yeah. Oh, imagine it. I mean, you know, oh. Ryan doesn't need any excuse. He's just had a baby. He probably hasn't been out on the lash, obviously, coronavirus and all the rest. Imagine the quality of the video that you get from Ryan, though, if yeah. we won on Sunday. For those who are new listeners, Ryan is, we're not, we're, we're not talking about, um, you know, the famous actor Ryan Reynolds, but we are talking about the coolest, the second coolest Australian that I know, Kate. Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Did you just uh, full up winked at me then? I did. <laughs> hey Kate, you're 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 an, you're an Australian ten, so you know. Not that for uh, Sheila. No. Wow. Um, no, but no. I see. That's what I always come back to is the question of what I would do if we beat Liverpool. Almost feels like the sort of question that when someone asks you, like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Yeah. And so much of what the reaction is, is once you get past the kind of idea of like, I'd buy a a bunch of cool shit is I would take my friends here. I would buy my friends. Like I would do like, I think that's what I, I want this win, not only for myself and my suffering and for all I've put into this but I want it for my friends so much <laughs> and I would insist that 
and, and, and that's what's sad too, is if, if we won on Sunday, it would be sad that we're living in this current COVID crisis where you can't just crowd into the yeah. streets and go insane, but there'd have to be some way. I think, I, I think the, the solo, uh, isolation celebrations, uh, should be as much as possible documented on, on camera, uh, so that we can, uh, you know, ha- either have evidence for the police later or, uh, <laughs> we can post them online. But I, I just want I want that collective joy that I've unfortunate like as much as I am very grateful and thankful for Everton because of my friends and because of these relationships. It's let's be honest in all this time for me it's been sixteen years the collective pure joy uh, of of being being a blue it's been ve- those instances have been very few and far between <laughs> this would feel the closest approximation to winning a trophy since i started uh since uh, since the first season i followed and we we finished fourth uh in that cinderella season 0405 but i i I just uh, I I'm bringing this up because I want to dare to dream, even though it didn't happen. I, I want to dare to dream of just. I think sometimes it's good to project uh, project joy or project a great outcome because I think that as much as we are buried underneath and rightly so underneath the cynicism about Everton uh, and it's much deserved and I get get all that. I think it's good for us to acknowledge that if we're gonna follow sport that we have to allow just a little bit of room for blind, stupid, dumb hope. Yeah. And that's, and and because if we can't even allow for a little bit of it, even when we acknowledge that it's, it's just, it's a long shot. It's a one in a million sort of feeling. If we can't at least allow for that, then we lose touch with the thing that makes this whole thing magic, you know? And I, I've just got to, I, I just want to, I, I may, I've kind of committed in asking this question. I, I, I'm asking it because I, I want to try to, I feel like if, 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 and this is, there's no science behind this, but if I can start to envision something great happening, that maybe we'll get a little closer to it, maybe happening. I don't know. That's just my, think, that's just my theory. I think as, as someone who always sets a very, very low bar where Evans concerned. So even those games where, you know, you're going to get battered. And like you do the little thing before the game with the kids and my dad, like what's the score going to be today? Oh, we'll get battered three one. Even when I say things like that, there's a tiny little part of me that thinks, do you know what? We might just get something out of this game. It's what keeps you going, isn't it? it? It's what keeps you going to these games because if you genuinely thought we're rubbish, we're just going to get beat every week, there would literally be no point because you will get no yeah. whatsoever from it. So even that tiny yeah. little bit of hope you have before any game. That's the kind of joy you get when you eventually get battered and hope gets kicked out of you during the 90 minutes of the game. That little bit of yeah. hope before each game, that's the little bit of joy you want. And then if it does turn out right, the feelings afterwards are unreal. And I've just realised yeah. that when you, when you said it's like asking what would you do if you won the lottery, my winning the lottery scenario is exactly the same as my winning the derby scenario, so the kids wouldn't see me neither so. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow see this is I why love- i hate it when we do predictions as well i think if i didn't have that that little bit of hope it's not even a little bit of hope it is just blind you know what is it, it yeah it, it, it's blind hope essentially if i didn't have that i wouldn't go to the game i'd, I'd yeah. maybe watch it at home but it's it's almost a bit it's a little bit fomo-ish actually if you it, oh very much just happen to yeah. win i want to be there I want to go, oh, my God, it was electric, well, like, it went off, and it, you know what I mean? And I hope that that happens every game. And when we do predictions, it kills me to say that we would get beat because it, it, that's what kind of keeps it alive. Real case yeah. point for that is it's it's a bit like we are with Liverpool now, but in the 90s, Man United used to absolutely leather us. <laughs> leather us. They, they were far and away the best team in the league. We were absolutely awful. But I'd still go to those games with that hope and thinking, do you know what? Yeah. This game, and there is very much a feeling of FOMO there because you think, I don't want to miss the game where we turn them over. I want to be there, I mm. be there, I feel what it's like when we do it. And yeah, it, it, it's very much when it does happen, and it will against them, it will be brilliant, yeah. even if we're all yeah. Look, that uh, we can acknowledge, I think. I think that's the thing is we can bury ourselves in caveats uh, of that we've all said a million times about how we know we have no luck. It's never going to happen. Blah, blah blah. But I think that you I think sometimes we use that dark humor to 
protect ourselves. But I'm at the point now where there's nothing more that can really hurt me in this fixture. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't say that wrong. Well, well, no, no, no. Look, I, I it doesn't do <laughs> what I mean. No, what I mean by that is that, that once you expect that something bad is always going to happen, then you have nothing left to lose on to a certain degree, yeah. uh, which can be bad in that you've lost all joy, but I think it can also be liberating in that, um, you know, if if we have like another Pickford moment, for instance, you know, would that be any more shocking or hurtful than any of the other previous times before? No. I, so so to me, it's a question of of it's a question of of whether or not I am willing as an Everton supporter to subscribe to the, to what I would refer to as the unspoken theory of Everton. And I want to give this to you guys because I've been thinking about this a lot lately as much. And and this is not unique to us, by the way, but it's something less just described about, you know, those times when, you know, uh, like I think you were talking about the nineties less against, you know, United being just this gargantuan juggernaut and just kind of that, that acknowledgement of the gap between them or whatever. But I think that the reason that there is this large, you know, sizable, not maybe not obviously as large as a bunch of these teams that have won more more recently and have a ton of bandwagon fans. But I I think that the reason there are still, you know, so many fans of Everton who have probably never seen them win anything is that the that the unspoken thing about Everton is that regardless of all the gallows humor, regardless of all the bad we've seen, there's something there that we we there's something that is there with Everton that's present that we can't put our finger on that makes us believe in a place that we don't talk about, but makes us believe that there's something more there that there is hope and it's not just completely unfounded like. Everton could be there. There's something in them to be more and to do more. It just, they just can't put it together and they haven't, but it's sort of like how if you're, I suspect, um, and, and you know, you guys are both parents, um, and I'm sure you have lovely kids, but you, you have a certain feeling towards them of even if they were disappointing, even if they'd let you down, there's always going to be that part of you that thinks, but there's still hope for them. There's still, they could put it together and turn this whole thing around. And I think that we all, we don't want to even acknowledge it anymore, but I still think there's a part of us that believes Everton have got more in them than they show. Okay. Now, again, whether or not there's any evidence to suggest to support that theory, it's not even important because it's about your gut and in a sport filled with metrics and numbers and analysis and, you know, net spend and all this shit, the magic of sport is our gut feeling and having that gut feeling validated every once in a while. So I am going to choose to believe that at some point, damn it, we're going to win this game. And I want to start imagining now what kind of joy I'm going to have, what it's going to look like and how happy we as a family are going to be. And that, my friends, is the most hopeful precursor to the tragic events of Sunday that I can possibly. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> oh that. my God! I know, I know, right? Um, we've got a few minutes left because I, you know, for those who are, who've gotten this far into it, I always like to think that everyone who listens to this gets to the end. But you know, you never know. Um, but I, I. I <laughs> I'm going to add a few minutes on here because I'm probably going to I'm probably going to delete out that the discussion we part of the discussion we had earlier just because I'm thinking better of it at this point. Um, That's uh, just because we're not behind a subscriber wall anymore. Uh, But it was but let me assure you, it was funny content and uh, I will 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 maybe revisit it in a different way when I've had more time to think about it. Anyway, um, last few minutes, guys. I want you guys to, we haven't done this in a bit, but I always love doing this with you uh, because you two are tastemakers. You two are consumers of good culture and art. Uh, uh, Even if Kate uh, drinks like a 12-year-old who's just snuck a bottle away from someone, uh, her taste in in television and music is still something I respect quite a bit. Um, Guys, just really quickly, um, 
Give me something that you have either watched or watching or listening to or reading or something like that that you would like to recommend to me and to all of our listeners. Okay, can I jump in, Les, really quickly? Yeah, go for it. You have to watch Murder in the Outback, which is a documentary that's yes. come to light about the uh, the case of Peter Falconio, uh, who was a British uh, tourist and backpacker, I guess, in Australia in 2001. Uh, and he was out on the Stuart Highway with his girlfriend, Joanne Lees. And all of a sudden, some, there was an incident and he went missing and we've, nobody's ever found him. And this new documentary that's come out, it's a four-parter. It's on all four in the UK. Um, and... The episodes are about 45 minutes, which is a, a game changer for me. Anything over an hour, I'm not interested. Um, and it's really, really good. Like, you can mm-hmm. totally binge it. Yeah. Awesome. It's called Mur- Murder in the Outback. Murder in the Outback, and it's about Peter mm. Falconio. And if you, do, even okay. as a as an exiled Aussie, right, if you don't spend the whole of the first episode going shack and saying, like, stupid words. It's flat as a strip. <laughs> and if you don't discuss it with other people and go as if skippy didn't turn up and go what he's down the mine or you know oh. lassie or something wow it's like everyone does it and as an aussie i'm allowed to and i'm allowing you to um but even if you don't remember the case it's fairly self-explanatory but um the the footage and stuff from from back in the day when they did the um the reconstruction um and ha- what this new kind of um investigator if you like has brought to it is is compelling watching you've got to see it murder in the outback all four Wow. Okay. I I feel like that, first of all, I just want to say as an American, I, my knowledge of us, of of Australia is almost completely shaped by either Mad Max movies or (laughs) Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) Can I just assume that a boomerang plays some part in this murder? Because (laughs) if there's not a boomerang, I'm not interested, but no, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of men in cut down shorts. And, and the oh. man who owns the Aileron uh, Roadhouse on the Stuart Highway is called Greg Dick, which my 14-year-old thought was hysterical. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the it's And your 40-year-old friend from America thinks it's funny. Too, <laughs> Just watch it for Greg Dick. There you go. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to find that. I wonder if it's on like Netflix here or... Yeah, I never know how that I'll, I'll look for it. All, yeah, well, all, so, it'll be on all four, yeah. Yeah, it'll be here i'll look i'll look for it les yeah. what do you got what do you got for me uh so my mine was a song that i sent to you on the uh the group chat a while ago a couple yes so it's foo can you pronounce it in the frenchy way because i can't <laughs> pronounce it but it's oh, a lovely music l'imperatrice i think oh my god foo nice. it's uh it's a great i just blushed I it's just blushed here. <laughs> I, I speaking I, speaking that French French Scout French accent. It was beautiful. Slightly turned myself on with that then. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a bit of French dance, and it's an amazing record. It's brilliant for the summer. <laughs> We've got Beckenhead yeah. or Burgundy. Who knows? <laughs> nice. Look, if for those of you for those of you out there who are into music, um, I am a big proponent of the the summer music playlist. There's something about what we, you call summer music. It's a feel. It's a whatever. But mm-hmm. that song that Les just talked about, which um, Les, you should uh, you should tweet that link out, like a Spotify link or something, out to that, and I'll retweet it. Uh, yeah, and, we'll do. but 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 that's it's such a great. It's just such a cool, like, I love summer music like that, that is very, uh, you know, air moon safari sort of, but, but this is a little more upbeat than that, but it's just, uh, it's, I just love chill poolside beach, beachfront nice. music. I love that yeah. during the summertime more than anything in the world. Um, everyone who loves music should have their go-to summer playlist. I'm working on, on one right now, uh, for that very purpose, but no, great song. There's also, there's um, a good album as well. Uh, what kind of music by Tom Mish? By Tom Mish. Tom Mish. It's okay. M I S C H. And the album's called My S C Music. And that's good summer, poolside, or sitting in the garden getting music. Okay. Well, then we will definitely, definitely have to tweet that. I got to listen to that one because I haven't heard that one yet. Um, mine is a, a television recommendation. Um, it, it, the series is cur- currently going on. Uh, here in the U.S., so they didn't, re- you know, they didn't release it binge style. So it's on regular television here, and they're doing it weekly. But it is uh, series two, season two, whatever you want to call it, of uh, Dirty John, uh, which is in this series is the Betty Broderick story. 
It is awesome. And our very own Chris Mason, who is a very loyal blue, um, also a blue room listener. Um, also probably the most, probably the person that my wife is most impressed follows me on Twitter by far is Chris Mason, uh, after seeing this. Um, but he is a major, he has a major role in this as well. So essentially this story is about, it's ostensibly about this murder, this woman who murdered murdered her husband and his new wife at some point in California back in the eighties, but eighties, early nineties. But, but, but that doesn't tell the whole story. And what they do with this is they tell the story from the very first time they met and show in kind of these time hops parallel. Uh, it stars, um, Chris, it stars Amanda Pete as the title character. Uh, Amanda Pete's been in a million things. You look her up. Uh, you've seen her in a ton of movies and Christian Slater, the great Christian Slater, um, who plays, who plays her husband, who is this, um, you know, they, they meet like any normal couple would and whatever, but, he, he he becomes this kind of very diabolical dude throughout. But Chris Mason plays the young version of, of Christian Slater's character in this. Um, and uh, he is, he is fantastic in it. And it's, he, he's got Christian Slater's voice nailed down by the way, <laughs> but no, Chris May, Chris Mason is fantastic in this. Uh, Matt Jones recently had Chris Mason on for a brew with a blue brew with a blue, which always is a tongue twister for me. Um, but, um, absolutely, um, absolutely worth, worth checking out. It's a really good series. I think it's, if it's not currently showing there, it will probably be on over there, um, as a, just a bingeable series at that point. Um, are we, but are yeah. we so old now that there's now actors who play a younger Christian Slater? Oh yes, we are Wait, he's definitely not the kid that. in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves anymore. <laughs> no, no, I know. It's... When did this happen? I know it's it's quite amazing. What's it's it? quite amazing. So, uh, but no, it's been a really good series, and I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, you know the outcome, but it's it's understanding how this. It's basically understanding how um, you know. You, you, at first, you see, oh, this woman murdered this guy, but then after you watch it for a while, uh, for a while, you're kind of like, oh, so this is why she murdered this guy, oh. and it's it is it's fascinating but it's a really good watch the acting is great and uh again props to the to uh, our friend and and loyal blue and loyal blue rumor uh blue room uh listener uh chris mason who's fantastic in it so um yeah that's it i think we've now reached that point especially now that les's internet has finally crashed uh, that that <laughs> we are going me. to have to end today's show uh but even though les is gone i will make a plug uh we've got mailbag coming up this weekend uh i will be on there with les i don't know I, I don't know who else is going to be joining. Are you on that one, Kate? Yeah, Kate's on there. Oh, nice. And then uh, we are going to have, I can't believe it, a post-match podcast coming up on Sunday night. Oh. I can't wait. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I can. But I'm... <laughs> I'm I, I'm, I'm in a place of hope right now, or, or at least I'm imagining hope. Uh, I think that's a good step. Yep. That's what we'll call it. But... Uh, uh, for for Les, Kate, uh, and myself, Rob Vera, your host, uh, this has been a fantastically fun conversation this week, and we will look forward to seeing you next time for more Kickabout. Take care. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network.